0: probably not gonna be alive in four years damn yeah i hope you are
1: big aspirations over here <laughs> guys we are here it is episode seven of rumham and wild cards we are reviewing season one episode seven the season one finale of it's always sunny in philadelphia my name is brayden we're here today talking about charlie got molested The season one finale. I'm not here alone. Here in my home studio with me are some great
0: co-hosts. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. It's your boy, Adam Roth, but I'm back for episode seven. Uh, It's Donnie Crungleton. Welcome back, Adam. And what's our dish of the day? Tater tots.
1: Mm. So not to be confused with junior tachos.
0: No.
2: We have have tater tots. Big boy tater tots. These are regular tater tots. Take a whole tater and turn it into a tot.
1: Am I being racist by assuming that all tot... Dishes
3: are related.
2: Yes, that's very that's very xenophobic and close-minded of you.
3: There's a lot of types of potatoes out there. For instance, I don't even know
2: junior Tachos.
1: Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if this is your first time joining us, that's a dish of the day speaking there. Uh he changes it up every episode to keep us on our toes. The four of us here are gonna be talking about season one, episode seven, but we're not alone here. If you're listening to this, we want to hear your opinion. About this episode, we want to hear your opinions about season one. Go back and listen to our other episodes at Anchor.fm/RumHam on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think at Always Sunny Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We got a subreddit where you can let us know your opinions of the greatest show of all time. Uh, check us out on our Always Sunny Pod. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take people's comments we're going to take your reactions your responses to our opinions let us know your personal opinions about the episodes and we're going to put them into an upcoming episode that i'll tell you a little bit about later on but first like i said we got the season finale season one and boy do they end it in a dark dark manner season one episode seven charlie got molested uh, if this is your first time joining us, we're going to discuss the episode first. We're going to talk about what Frank would do, because Frank Reynolds is missing from Season 1. So we're going to talk about what Frank Reynolds would do. And then we're going to go over the episode a little bit. And then later in the show, we're going to put some numbers to our argument, rank this episode against the rest of Season 1 on the list of lists, which you can find also on our subreddit, r Pod. Let's talk about season one, episode seven Charlie Got Molested. This episode came out September 13th, 2005, directed by John Fortenberry, who you might remember from the first couple episodes of season one. He directed the first episode, The Gang Gets Racist, which, if I recall correctly, we thought was pretty good. It was probably one of the more favored ones this season one. Pretty good for us. We like the it's pilot, a low yeah. Scale. Yeah, I mean, I guess good for us. It's still mm. what a 6.5 I believe. Mm. Yeah.
2: Indubitably.
1: So directed by John Fortenberry and written by Rob McElhenney, of course, there are credits for the writing for Charlie Day and Glenn Howard as well. So once again, everyone but D in the gang is writing this episode this episode is dark basically what happens is the gang finds out that one of the old teachers from back in the day that charlie and mac had p.e. christopher
4: murray a teacher at st vincent's elementary has been accused of sexually abusing two former students st vincent's that's a school you went to right mac yeah me and charlie
2: what else does it say
4: the accusers are two brothers whose names are being withheld but the investigation will focus on the mid-1980s as the time period for alleged abuse. Horrible.
0: Did this guy teach you guys?
4: Yeah. Yes, he did. We were in the same class. No. Yeah, well, no, I didn't like it, though.
1: So Dennis and Dee try to go for a caregiver approach, if you can call it that.
2: Listen, I think we need to have an intervention, you know? Bring his friends and family together for support.
1: Yeah,
4: that's a good idea. Let's tell everybody Charlie knows that he got blown by a gym teacher, and then we'll... Throw him a little surprise party. Celebrate the occasion. Okay, you know what?
1: Uh, Charlie tries to talk to the McPoyle twins who were meeting for the first time because they are the ones accusing said PE teacher. He's trying to talk them out of it, and Mac can't conceive the idea that uh, he isn't molestable.
4: Okay, they were the type of kids that would blow snot bubbles, you know, and like rub them all over each other. They were gross, and they smell like a couple of unwiped assholes. So what? Well, you know, if Murray is, like, fondling or touching them, whatever, I get it, all right? But if he's dishing out blowjobs, come on, I just don't understand. What
2: do you not get? What are you talking
4: about? You're not getting this? I was in that class with them, all right? I was with those guys!
2: Max trying to get molested.
1: (laughs) Max trying to actively get molested. So Dennis and Dee try to stage an intervention to get Charlie to admit that he was molested, and it all explodes in classic sunny fashion. Probably the best, in my opinion, that we've seen in season one. But before we get too far into this, we need to know, Frank Reynolds, played by Danny DeVito, what would Frank do in season one, episode seven, guys?
2: I'm having two divergent paths with this one, because there's like the... I guess the mystery of Frank Reynolds, right? So there's the animalistic sense of what would Frank do, and that's try and bang Charlie's mom. That's what he would do just nonstop for the whole episode. But then there's also, I guess, the more intellectual sense of Frank Reynolds where he would probably um, do some, you know, pull off some scheme or bother the McPoyles or try to, you know, go to that coach's house and, like, beat him up because there's that one episode with the fashion show where Frank does not like
1: people that diddle kids. You know, I actually wanted to go down that route. I thought about Frank's Little Beauties or uh, <laughs> that episode. Uh, but I, I don't know if he'd, if he'd go to beat him up or if he'd go to wiretap the coach. I think yeah. he would try and go rogue.
3: I think that he would try and maybe kidnap him. Not kidnap him, but just plant himself in the house and just creep him out or stalk him. Somehow intimidate him to get him to admit what he did which obviously he didn't happen.
1: Like, just imagine a a crudely done wiretap. Like, he's literally got a tape recorder, like, on his back or
3: something. With, like, a a dial phone. Like an
1: old
2: 1980s tape recorder that has, like, tape in it and, like, a long antenna that goes to some random radio. Or a rotary phone. And the
1: antenna's, like, double his size. Because he's Frank, so he, of course, has surveillance stuff, but it's from nineteen eighty or whatever. (laughs) It's from
3: his time in yeah, (laughs) On his business trip.
0: You guys have some uh, creative answers I honestly don't see there being Much of an episode that we saw Because I think Frank would have been talking to Charlie And Charlie and Frank are close enough That I don't think Charlie would have lied to Frank So I think from the beginning Frank would have known that Charlie didn't get molested And that the McBoyles didn't either the So I I have a hard time Creating what Frank would do Because I don't think there would be much of an episode at all here Based on what we saw reason they, will prevail. It might. You
2: think he'd try and bang Charlie's mom?
0: Yeah, I think from that aspect, yeah. I think something like that would be happening, but I just couldn't see Charlie sticking through his whole plan and seeing it out to the end if Frank was involved in any way.
1: When Frank is introduced and eventually meets Bonnie, Charlie's mom, does he try to bang her right away? Is that what that is?
2: I don't know. I could have sworn that's like a
1: couple episodes where he starts to. I feel like he's always into
3: trying to bang her.
1: Especially an old lady house. Oh yeah. 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 Well, that's way in there. Oh, though. I can't. Because you need a character to go in and, and bang the house broad. Bang the house broad. <laughs> so I think that's what Frank would do. Yeah. 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 I think we're settled. I like uh, John Fortenberry's episodes more than Dan Ateus's episodes. Having gone through season one, and now knowing that there are two main directors, John Fortenberry and Dan Ateus.
2: You hear that, Dan? Yeah. He's calling you out. Dan.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe season two. Maybe Dan will do some episodes because I'm really excited for season two. Maybe he'll do some episodes and prove me wrong. But I really like these John Fortenberry episodes, directed episodes. Which was
3: the the other one that John Fortenberry did?
1: The gang gets racist. Okay. And I believe he did episode two as well. But I uh, don't got that pulled up here in front of me. <laughs> so I'm not about to start. It's information I don't know. Because that's wrong.
3: The fans would tell us.
1: I like the characters of this episode. I think character development wise, uh, without diving too much into it, because that's one of our things later. I like I like the character development of this episode. I think we're starting to see Charlie take flight, and Mac really steals the show. There's a lot to love here, especially side character wise.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah, we get and introduced. We get introduced to a lot of new characters, um, and I like this episode for that reason. You know a lot of new characters with new faces that are so fun to go back and watch and see where they all started in the show
1: like when I think of It's Always Sunny I think of like seedy grody characters and the McPoyles really epitomize it so seeing them finally in the show just really makes it feel like we're reviewing It's Always Sunny Cricket, the McPoyles
2: and Charlie's living Charlie and Frank's living situation that's like the definition of It's Always Sunny
1: honestly the theme it's like this bright yellow but it's like kind of like a a dirty bright yellow
3: (laughs) and that says a lot because you know, the gang, they are the seedy, creepy characters, but we have to bring in the McPoyles to be like, okay, this is what else is out
2: there. Yeah, we have to have, like, a, a foil like yeah. a bounce to be like. Foil left. McPoyle. Yeah. Foil McPoyle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's, there's, like, a, a network of these seedy characters that we're starting to get. Like Gale it, the Snail. Gale and the, the Snail. And
3: there's different types of creeps. There's the Jack Uncle, Jack, Uncle Jack creepy, the McPoyles creepy, and then the gang who are just, they look like you and me, but they're just horrible people.
1: that's the whole point of the show exactly yeah that's the whole point of it Uh, i liked that charlie's mom acknowledges his character
2: no no, i have to admit it does explain a lot about him yes we were thinking the same thing
0: yeah and i think they also kind of dive in and whatever she talks about she's like oh i can't have another episode and she starts to have like a freak out he's strong
3: bonnie
4: be strong for your little gingerbread man. Now is not the time for an
1: episode.
0: <laughs> kind of even just shows a little bit more why Charlie is the way that he is. Be strong, obviously Bonnie.
1: And it really mom. sets the seeds for so, uh, Bonnie.
0: Bonnie's character.
1: Yeah, it really sets it for her. So I want to talk about the gang's different reactions because I like that each reaction that they have to the news is like really personified. You got Dennis and Dee that try to take their sympathetic route but I want to talk about that here in a second if it's true sympathy then you got Mac that's just total lunacy, total chaos a way you should never react to the news of your friend possibly being molested is try and go and get molested but I want to talk about Dennis and Dee specifically.
2: I'd like to start out by saying um, for me personally I have never been molested. I've known people who have told me that they were molested but I I understand that it's like uh, you know some people feel as if unless you've been molested, you can't talk about the subject. So I'm just putting that out there. Mm. That's the place I'm talking from. I've never been molested, and I've never been in a situation where you know what? it was like a threat.
0: Do we all need to clarify that we haven't been molested? <laughs> you or don't have point to out if we have. You or?
2: definitely don't have to. I just Ooh, I just I just felt like that was important. Okay. For me to say at least. Okay. Because it's uh, like Never have a, a Fucked a up Never ever have I ever, <laughs> ever. We'll change the episode title The time I learned All my friends were molested yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then I have to take On the Mac role
0: Yeah now you <laughs> ousted Yourself as the only one Turns into a TED talk Because
2: people are always like Oh you've never been molested If you've never been In that situation You don't know And you know You're not wrong I mean wrong real quick myself.
0: While we're getting serious I do agree with that I think that To an extent, you can always have empathy and you can feel what they feel, but you'll never truly understand. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of experiences where you really, unless you've been through it, you can't really uh, make some definitive statements. So in these situations, I need to know, is it appropriate to have an intervention? Because last I checked, interventions are trying to get people to admit that they have problems. This doesn't seem like one of those things that doesn't seem like, trying to get someone to like embrace and remember their problems i don't know
3: well you know how they know that neither of them went to school for it fully i guess it's like the whole point of, they <laughs> he they got a full every... minor he got a full minor, <laughs> a full minor. Full minor three quarters of a major. three quarters of a major so they have no idea what's going on that's part of that's part of why it's all going to shit because they have no idea and i i like how their expert. they're so expert they have such an expertise in this and it's like almost the, almost as if the way that you have to talk to someone who's been potentially molested is you talk to them like they're a kid again. Like they're using euphemisms and they're all like talking baby talk and stuff. It's like he's like 30. You You're 30? 30. <laughs> <laughs> And also about Dean Dennis, it kind of supports their ego if they think that their yeah. best friend got molested. Because it, it, how does it help them if they don't have someone to fawn over and be like, oh, we'll help you, we'll help you. It's part
2: of the narcissism motif, right? So mm-hmm, they're yeah. like, they're like, oh, we get to be the sort of like faux psychological doctors. And Mac is like, oh, why didn't I get molested? I should go and get molested or something like that
0: yeah real quick on that it's kind of like the narcissism it's not like oh how do we help Charlie it's more of what
2: do we do because we know all this stuff yeah it's more
0: like we have to help Charlie but it has to make I have to make sure that it's the way I want it to be done to make sure I was right and I was the one that fixed the problem they're not really concerned about actually helping Charlie
1: like how they point out their education to to try and prove that they have the most education so they're the most qualified so they can feel the most good more than the
2: others doctor (laughs) doctor doctor
0: doctor doctor Right, because, yeah, that's a completely irrelevant. Like, even if they weren't qualified, they can still help their friend.
2: It yeah, matter. so, I mean, if you're listening out there and for whatever fucked up reason you listen to us for advice, which we're not giving, um, <laughs> okay. don't hold an intervention for your friend who's been molested.
1: This has been Dish of the Days. Uh, advice you shouldn't take. <laughs> you shouldn't. Advice you shouldn't do. From a podcast that specifically are not advice show <laughs> yeah. podcasts.
2: It's like you hold an intervention in situations where somebody is doing something and they don't realize the effect that that thing is happening, that, that that thing is having on you or themselves, like for drugs or alcohol, like the effect that that's having. I guess to get the person to realize, like, wow, I've been acting really terribly or something like that or I need to make a change. If for whatever reason the individual can't decide on their own to make a change, you sort of say, "Well, here's all the reasons you should make a change." But uh, you know, having something happen to you, I don't think is. Uh, yeah.
1: So <laughs> it sounds like you have one if someone has been molested and they're using drugs and alcohol out of the thing, not just if they've been molested to yeah. try and get them to admit it. That could be that could
2: be a side point in during the intervention. But again. I have no I didn't even minor in psychology yeah. nor do I have 3 quarters
3: of was a major. I do, do you have a quarter? I, yeah, not even not one a quarter. quarter huh? I filled out
0: taken...
2: 3 quarters of the application to <laughs> Penn State.
3: <laughs> I can proudly say that I majored in psych and dropped out of that <laughs> major. So you're just as much of a just, doctor yeah, as are. Yeah, are right? We're well, basically I guess I would say that like for interventions it's more about behavior. You know, it's not it's not it, being molested isn't a behavior. So, I'd like to, to, to see your peer-reviewed exactly. academic paper so it's a completely
1: that. inappropriate time is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. hilarious that they had <laughs> yeah. an intervention for the completely wrong. Yeah. That's just immediately where their minds went, oh, it's a serious subject, better have an better intervention. Have an intervention. Yeah.
3: Their hearts are in the right place, though, huh? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> but, like... At the same time, the wrong place, the complete wrong yeah. place.
2: There's also like a weird fascination people have with like the type of
1: molestation. Yeah, yeah. Like I pointing I think it out Mac, on the doll. Yeah, that, that was like, the first argument they had. To uh, like, was like what happened specifically.
4: Who said anything about getting blown? Well, the article didn't specify what type of abuse it was. It could have been anything, dude. Yeah, but do you think he got blown? I don't know. Yeah, you
2: know. Probably got blown, which is why I think you need to reconsider my idea.
4: Okay, you know what? Stop. Together. Okay, it's I'm gonna... sorry. I'm sorry. We need to clarify something here. Do you think that Murray blew these guys? Why are you so obsessed with the blowing aspect of all of this? Yeah, it's
3: like whenever you hear about a murder, he got murdered. But how? how? Yeah. yeah. What happened? Yeah, yeah, but
1: no one does No one does that for that. For, for, I feel like for murder, that's like a bit more accepted. You're not about to start asking like specifically what happened in these types of cases. Yeah,
2: maybe not out loud.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Maybe not out. Within us is a darkness. darkness.
3: um, You bring up a good point because, you know, not out loud. Like, Max says everything that most people would say out loud, and then he'll continue going be like, but I should have been like that. Like you said, he he makes some, there's one or two points where he makes a good point, but he keeps going. Like, if you just ended it there, you would have been a, a good person.
1: And that's why there's so many good quotes for this episode because Max says the things that are supposed to be in your head. Rob McElhenney really did a good job with Mac's starting character, in my opinion, of addressing him as the person that says the things that are supposed to stay in your head, the the selfish things that may appear in your head. Fun facts about the McPoyles. Liam McPoyle, who is played by Jimmy Simpson, was a real-life childhood friend from Rob McElhenney, and it's funny that he's playing... Mcpoyle because Mcpoyle twins are based off of apparently allegedly uh real life twins or real life family from Rob McElhenney, uh his childhood so it's interesting that childhood friend is playing someone based off his childhood friends mm.
2: it's interesting that Rob McElhenney's childhood friend shower together that's <laughs> what I got from that I you was about, about to, to say that
0: I was about to ask even just yeah just even more vague than that like are they actually his friends or are they like the goofy kids in class that you would make fun of, like how they actually portray them.
1: I didn't. I didn't. You didn't ask uh, Rob before. Uh, you didn't when I'll I had a him. moment to talk to him. The <laughs> poils based Ooh. off just a couple goofballs in class. So did you know him personally, <laughs> Mr. McElhoney! Mr. McElhoney! <laughs>
2: extra,
3: extra. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought that up, that actor, because I like him a lot too. Like when he popped up in Westworld, I was like, how is he gonna be in this show? And he, Jimmy and he was Simpson, great.
1: So freaking good in westworld if you haven't seen westworld at least season one yeah season one i've
2: seen i think it was called vice with bruce willis i think that's the name of that movie that sounds familiar it's the same thing it's basically westworld and so i I feel like i don't need to watch
3: westworld is based off of of a movie i also
2: saw gamer with gerard butler which is sort of like the same
1: thing which is also westworld you can't go comparing westworld to gamer starring gerard (laughs) butler
2: Again, it's you know the the robots are taken over. It's a f- fiction. When where does fiction and reality blend together? I watched. I that thought
1: episode. that one was him escaping from the the virtual reality yeah. thing that they got criminals fighting. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Thought that mm-hmm. him. That's
2: it. It's kind of like the same as Westworld, like <laughs> fake robots or whatever. or Science. I don't know.
1: I mean, if you just want like water it down either. to that,
2: I watched Minority Report this past weekend. That's like Westworld, right? It's like <laughs> in the future. <laughs>
3: It takes place in the future.
1: <laughs> there's one connection, dude.
3: People are in the show. Yeah,
1: there's there's actors. So what I'm hearing it's is Westworld is it's always sunny in Philadelphia, essentially. In the future,
2: yeah. Just in the future. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, when they go to the intervention, we see the inside of Charlie's mom's house. It's different from the next time we see it. And call me crazy here, the inside of the McPoyles' house I'm pretty sure that's the same interior they use later for the inside of Dee's apartment. The layout looks similar, just looked like they had the camera in a different spot.
3: I didn't notice.
1: And this is one of the times I wish we were visual podcasts where I could, like, pull up the actual scene. But when Charlie goes to McPoyle's house, the layout looks kind of like these apartments. So I think they were still figuring out the sets.
3: We have a detective board with a red string pointing to all the sets in the episode. Carol!
2: I'm not a filmsman. I don't know.
3: I can see that. I mean, you know, it's the first season. They probably didn't have as much of a budget as they do now. It makes sense that they would reuse and recycle. I mean, a lot of movies and shows do that anyway. People
1: uh, on many subreddits, not just the It's Always Sunny subreddits, have found the front of Patty's Pub and other shows. It pops up all the time. Mm. I'm pretty sure I found mm. it in another show I was watching. The Mick? <laughs> oh, rest in peace.
0: The AP Bio? Funny. I wasn't a huge fan of AP Wait, Bio. Wait, is AP
1: Bio still going? Taxi I Driver? Not. I liked AP Bio.
2: Anything that's not always sunny with these characters is
1: trash. I like Well, Mick. you know the thing with those shows You're is... You're not branching out. Not on my watch, goddammit. They're not branching out, Good. though. Is the thing Good. Is, did you watch The Mech at all? No. It's, it's, it's D. It's a great show. It's it, basically it's she takes D's character sheet and is a completely
2: new kind name, of copies it. Completely it new into people. It. And I can't handle that type of change. But it's the same type of morality. All right, listen, this is worse than my parents' divorce.
3: What about a Taxi <laughs> with Danny DeVito? What? What about a Taxi with a Danny DeVito? Taxi driver? Is it Taxi driver? Taxi drivers, the De Niro. You're talking about, you about Robert know, taxes- De Niro. Taxi's
1: the show, right? Taxi's the show. With the Go the Go. dude named Lotka.
3: Latka. Latka, yeah. yeah. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, Andy Kaufman.
1: We have freaking derailed so far. That's a- fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we should Bring put back. some numbers to our argument here. Um, when we come back, you're going to hear us discuss the show a bit more, and we're going to specifically give a rating for each category that we got. More of that coming up here after the break, so don't go nowhere. We will be right back.
2: Love you. Bye.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Anchor.
3: Making podcasts with Anchor is easy.
1: Anchor does it all. They'll host your podcast segments and they'll distribute your episodes to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more.
3: You can even record and edit your podcast on your browser or on the Anchor app.
1: Anchor will even find you sponsors for your shows so you can get paid with no minimum listenership.
3: This show would not be possible without Anchor.
1: So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
3: Now back back to to the the show. show. (laughs)
1: Uh, That's a classic movie. And this is a classic episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Season 1, Episode 7 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This is the season finale of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Season 1. It's not the season finale for us. We got two more episodes planned here for you guys. Before we get jumping back into the argument, just wanted to let you guys know what's going on here. An episode that we're calling Jabroni Talks in which we're going to respond to some Reddit comments, respond to some fan comments. I got a couple Reddit posts that I'm going to bring up, and we're going to respond, maybe change some scores. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. Uh, So we got that going on, then we got season finale, in which we're going to go over season one, get everyone's personal favorites, our personal least favorites. Uh, We're going to argue some more, and, you know, have a good time. Wrap it up wrap up season one in a good way reason won't prevail reason won't prevail then but reason is going to prevail right now reason will prevail we got five categories here today and the four of us can give up to 10 points for each of those categories for a grand total of 200 points that's a whole bunch of math that you're not going to worry about you're just going to sit back relax listen to us talk about season one episode seven here today We're going to give up to 10 points for the story, the characters, the quotes, the overall humor of the episode, and of course, the wild card spot. Can't have rum, ham, and wild cards without a little wild card each each episode. So let's get into the story of season one, episode seven, Charlie got molested. What do you guys think about the story?
3: I thought the story was pretty good. Um... For a sitcom it was great, classical sitcom. You know, what if we lie about getting molested and what happens to us in the future when that comes back to butt us in the ass? Um I thought I, I, I love how in the story no one really knows what someone else is talking about. There are kind of two stories going on. You know, one story is that obviously Charlie and the um McPoy was lied. The other story is that um Charlie and the McPoyos got molested and two people who don't know what's going on, and I like how those two the kind of misdirections merged at the end of the story. I feel like we should clarify. Charlie did actually get molested. But not by the coach. Not by the coach. Not didn't...
1: by the coach. Who's being accused by the McPoyles who didn't get molested. Mm-hmm. That makes Max' assertion that he has the right answer all the funnier mm-hmm. when it gets like later in the episode and he thinks that Charlie's the one who's lying when he's the one telling the truth. You're not following
4: If Murray was looking for the weakest he
1: could find, it wouldn't have been Charlie. Why not? Because Charlie was a little bit of a
4: psychopath. He had this thing when he got excited, his face would turn purple, and he'd just start biting things. I don't think Murray would have put his dick anywhere near.
0: Okay, what about the McPoyle brothers?
4: Oh, yeah, they were prime real estate. I'm sure he went to town on them. What's your point? Charlie didn't
2: get molested. That's great. Because he was a bit of a psycho when he got mad. He just got purple in the face and started biting things.
1: I feel you for the classic sitcom plot i liked that it branched out into Mm. more than two it seems like we had we had multiple angles we had dennis d we had mcpoils and charlie and we had mac
2: i feel like it lacked convergence at the end though that's my note of criticism like mac's story just kind of like went in one direction and then didn't circle back and connect and for that reason i give it a six
1: I think they combined the A and B and just left Max C-plot just on its own intentionally. I don't know if I'm going to ding it down for that because I feel like it would have been messy if they tried to combine all three. But we have seen great episodes of It's Always Sunny where they do combine all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Six out of ten
0: seems fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would kind of agree with everything you guys just put together. But I kind of do agree that there was a third story with Mac that they kind of just let drop off. And to me, that was the funniest story, I think. So the fact that they kind of just let that drop off kind of gave me a negative impact a little bit. But yeah, I gave it a seven. I think that this would be a good.
3: You you could probably make a good movie out of this, like or a good longer movie out of this story. Um, obviously it was condensed into a 25 minute uh hilarious sitcom episode. But there, I mean, there are elements of the story where it's like, what if people lie about a class action lawsuit about molestation? It would actually be. An, I mean. I don't know if you've ever seen like Mystic River or that movie. Um, it's kind of the opposite direction of this one because it's about priests, but um, um, I, I think the yeah, story is good in general.
1: The, the priest route has been been uh, treaded on too much as McPoyles taught oh, they us. They make a joke, yeah. But we thought we'd mix it up a bit.
2: I've only ever seen Science Lake, not Mystic River. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I liked the intervention. I think the intervention was the best plot device that they used, the intervention, because it brought together storylines and it brought Uncle Jack into the show, which is Mm -hmm. another great side character. A lot of great side characters in this. So I gave it a seven for the story. I
2: like the ominous music in the intervention.
1: I thought that was a Mm, good touch. It's just just art. What the Mm -hmm. fuck? It's art. It's beautiful. So sixes and sevens.
3: I gave it a seven as well.
1: Yeah, sixes and sevens basically for... The story. We're basically in agreement of that. Also, real quick, while we're on the note of storytelling, we brought this up the last time there were callbacks to what I'm going to call season zero before the show. There was another callback to another party. There was. The Poils make a callback to when Charlie says, "We should tell the cops that that fat dickhead gym teacher we had in junior high molested us and just threw the shit out of From the time before time. So I guess that answers your question. They do do callbacks. Mm, do do. Do do. They do 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 do. What do you guys think about the characters? I'm going to hold off on this one.
2: Normally I'd give it a zero because no Frank. However, the uh, McPoyles are there and Uncle Jack's there, so you get a three.
3: <laughs> what about Bonnie?
2: Uh, she's whatever. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I didn't find her character that funny. Uh, I think uh, Bonnie, the character of Bonnie is funnier in other episodes. Um, I guess you could argue that you know, she's as classic in this episode as she is in other episodes, so you know what? I'll give it a four.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Oh, he changed his mind. Wow. That was amazing. Mm. I think this show has shown us a lot that it
1: takes a lot for a character on their first appearance to make a statement about, like, what they are. Like, Yeah. There's a handful of characters, like uh, Cricket. When we meet him, he's Father Mara. Stuff like that. and And Bonnie... They're kind of, like, set in their ways. Their character, you know, is going to go through a trip.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it was definitely a classic Dennis and D fighting over trying to be the doctor and trying to fix everything. Charlie was kind of whatever, I think, in this episode. And then, yeah, we get to be introduced to Uncle Jack and the McPoyles. So I actually gave this one an eight.
3: Mm-hmm. i I'm thinking more about Dennis and D right now because they kind of have the approach of we're a holier than thou approach like nothing can happen to them like D didn't get molested by the teacher she chose to have sex with him and D um obviously Dennis didn't molest those girls he seduced them all right it's that they the, their character is coming out more for me it's like they really are blind to they themselves they can't be in the victim position they can never be in the victim position and I kind of just thought about that now and that's why they want so desperately like someone they know to be the victim so they can drool over them and um addition to those characters, obviously we get Jack, Uncle Jack the Mapoyos, and Bonnie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this character rating an, an eight. I like it. I think you guys gave it all
1: too low. I give it ten out of ten for the characters. Mm-hmm. I think Dennis and D's plot really shows how they're coming out. Mac is just freaking great in this episode, mm-hmm. steals the spotlight. Charlie's got his character coming out, his mom even says that it explains the way he's acting, so we're starting to really see the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia gang. Not only that, but there's a handful of great side characters introduced, so I go ahead and give it a 10 out of 10.
0: I will agree that if there was any episode so far to give it a 10 out of 10, it for sure would be this one, but like I, I still kind of agree with uh, Tater Tot that uh, yeah, without Frank... It's still tough for me to give the characters a 10. And then personally, like I said, I think in this episode, Charlie was whatever. But
2: I agree with that. Charlie was whatever. Mm. He wasn't like the wild card, like crazy sort of. He dude. was the straight man
0: yeah. in this entire episode. The
3: what? The straight man. The what? The straight man.
2: The heterosexual male? No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the non the, the less comedic character, the, just the uh, deadpan. Is that what that means, right? Yeah, yeah the best part
1: of yeah. jokes is when you explain them.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> makes them
1: better.
3: Thank you, Tots.
1: Which you could argue, you know, defeats the whole purpose That's of this podcast idea. is dissecting one long joke. Right. So we like the characters, but the characters aren't perfect. Even though I went and gave it a 10 out of 10, I'm i I'm kind of convinced to go 9 out of 10. But I'll keep it at a 10 <laughs> out of 10. Mm-hmm. So we like the characters. We think the story is above average. Right? Am I, am
2: I, am oh, I right yeah. with this? I'll meet you at it's a 9. It's like
0: right at average, right at above average.
2: Mm, Deals. Backroom shady deals. (laughs) Hey, buddy, I'll give you a nine. You
1: give me a ten. (laughs) None
0: none of it matters. None (laughs) of it matters. It moves the the score like one,
2: maybe. Where's where's Drew Carey? (laughs) Uh,
1: Quotes. Quotables.
2: Uh, I gave this an eight. Um, It... uh, The reason I gave it an 8 was because the quotes that were there were fucking hilarious, Mm -hmm. but there weren't frequency enough to warrant a 10. It happens to be in the past when I've said, it's always sunny quotes that get you rolling on the floor. The first time I saw this episode, and he's like, We just stepped out of the shower. He'll be down in a minute. All right, listen, you guys can't go... Did you just say we? What?
4: Did you just say we just stepped out of the shower?
2: I was dying that like killed me that like put me in a state i was like bringing people over i was like you gotta listen to this shit it's the funniest shit in the world he said we just got out of the shower and they're fucking brothers yeah i thought that quote was hilarious another good one he... When, when he goes to the cop station excuse me i'd like to uh, speak to a detective please
3: what is this in reference to
2: sodomy It just keeps going. uh, Like sodomy was like the crime for like homosexuality back in like the fucking Renaissance time,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and they killed people for that shit. (laughs) Damn. Uh, So I I thought it was quotable. It always had me at an underlying laugh. Like Mm -hmm. just the dialogue that they bring to this episode, even if it's not quotable, is just funny. But I do got some good quotes, of course. Max saying,
4: "If the McPoyles got blown and Charlie got blown, then why didn't I get
3: blown?"
0: Yep, yeah, I have that when, one. <laughs>
1: down. When he finds that photo of him, which, by the way, they shared on Instagram a few weeks ago for Rob McElhenney's birthday, so seeing that in the show was pretty damn great.
2: Is that an actual photo of him?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Then another one too is when uh, Max at the coach's house. He's just, what are you doing?
4: What do you want me to do?
2: <laughs> you want <that> weird look? <laughs> The way that goes up and down is also really good. Yeah. At first he's like, oh shit, I've been caught. And then he's like, oh, okay, maybe I can push this further. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at the very end when Charlie's picking up all those beers, I thought he was like moving him to a different cooler or something. I think it's hilarious that he intends to drink them all. Oh, yeah. said,
4: uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go in the back office and cry and cry and cry and drink for a while.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's me right now. That's me every day. Oh, it's okay, Brayden. Give enough liquor for that. Stop saying, "Oh, it's okay." Like it's not you too. Get out of here, Adam. We should have an intervention.
3: I, <laughs> I, I haven't been drinking that much during this quarantine. Just a, a little bit. This isn't wine for Shabbos and every now and then. Shabbos Passover wine. Um, I want to say about the quotes. I think there weren't many like things that I remember that I would quote all the time from this episode which doesn't mean that it wasn't quote heavy there's a lot of things when you watch the show a lot of lines that are so funny and I think it's not just the lines about the show but I think it's the actors are so good at delivering them like one line from the show is when Mac runs into the bar and he's guys
4: I have good news I've been reading up on the subject of pedophilia it turns out that it isn't about sex after all it's about power so the assailant doesn't go after the one he finds most attractive this guy, he goes after the weakest he can find.
1: Wow, that is good news. Jesus, Matt, what is wrong with you?
3: Now- his delivery of that line makes that line so much better because he's so happy about it. He's so happy about it. <laughs> he's
1: so proud of himself. Yeah. And he's so proud that he has a reason that he can settle in his head that he Why he, he wasn't didn't get molested.
3: molested. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe that's what the show It's Always Sun in Philadelphia means. Like, they all are think that they're rays of sunshine and that they're doing the right thing. Their hearts are in the right place, but they can never quite get it down. Wow. It's always sunny. We're, it's always like happy. It's always it's always perfect for Dean and Dennis. We're pulling apart the the
1: show's title now. I love this. Hear me out. I'm giving an 8 out of 10 for the quotes, literally just because of Uncle Jack. Every single, single thing he says <laughs> and does in this episode. For all two minutes he's it. In it. <laughs> like it. Barely even two yeah. minutes. He just kills it. I'm so glad they made him a recurring character. 8 out of 10 on the quotes, though. 8 out of
0: 10. Yeah, I would uh, strongly agree with Adam that I think this one has some really good quotes, but it's more of their delivery that makes it good, which I kind of more group into the funny category, the humor category. So yeah, I I did give it a 7 for the quotes.
3: I'm actually increasing my score um, for the quotes. I'm bringing it to a 5.5. 5. Mm.
0: It was Whoa. originally
3: a 4 and I'm realizing based off this discussion that again it is the delivery. Mm. There's a lot of stuff in the a lot of quotes in the show that are just hilarious even though I wouldn't necessarily remember to quote them. It's just a, it's just a great show. I have a great episode for one liners. So you're giving it a 5 and a 5 and a 5.5 5 out of 10 cuz it's just above. I prefer 3 yeah. over 6, but Oh,
1: okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we've seen the day hell has frozen over. Adam has given us a lower score than we've given a category.
3: I've given lower. I think I've given a 4 before. Yeah, but, but I didn't like think we all much just gave 8s basically. Yeah.
2: If you Eighths gave it a 4, a that means I gave it like a negative 12. I'm I'm <laughs> learning
3: how to score this, how to do this stuff, you know.
1: Well, that's been one of the big debates going on with this is, you know, people that have listened to the show and wrote and written, taking the time.
2: You rate me, I'll rate you. Rate us. (laughs) (laughs) Five-star man.
1: Not give us the credit where it's due, but. uh, Gun Fever was a five-star episode. Tell us that, you know, four out of ten isn't good. You know, we're comparing episodes of the best show of all time. Even a four is still good. Oh yeah, none of them are bad. Like it's, you said, it's, if you it's, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's the best show of all time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna throw a what's the show under the bus you guys hate? Friends, the Big Bang Theory, Big well, Bang Friends Theory. too. Science. Yeah. And whoa, how world. you can't hate? So, okay. Oh. slow down. <laughs> now he's
1: just trying to. He's just trying to get. I mean, what about the overall humor of this episode? The culmination of the characters, the quotes, the story, the visual gags. Everything is the overall humor of it.
2: I gave it a nine, cause yeah, this was the first episode that that in the show where I was like, this that's fucking hilarious. Is we stepped out of the shower, that'd be nine enough by itself. Holy shit!
0: Yeah, I thought this one was pretty funny. I think it was just scene after scene. It was Mac being obsessed with the blowing and why he didn't get blown by the gym teacher, and then right after it's the McPoyle's house and the the we stepped out of the shower. <laughs> And then right after that it's Mac at the gym teacher's house and then it's the intervention. I think it's just scene after scene and this one just kept me laughing. Charlie was a little time. psycho kid. <laughs> start <Yeah>.
2: biting things. <laughs> as like proof as to why he couldn't have been blown by the gym teacher, because he would just start biting. He wouldn't yeah. put a stick anywhere near yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I
0: think this one had like those really like gut wrenching laughs and it kept me laughing the whole time, so I did give it an eight.
3: So I I like doing this category because it's right before we do the wild card part and this category comes after the other categories obviously and it's good for me to think about it because um talking about the other categories first helps me put this category into perspective it kind of you know every other category encompasses this category to me and from what i've been seeing we've been for our group we've been putting some pretty good scores together for now um i mean this episode is just straight up hilarious i i mean i mean this is this is a good season finale. This is you want more from these characters next season. This is hilarious. The way everything adds up, the music, the editing of everything, culminates in this episode for me. Um, it, it's not a perfect like, episode. I'm not gonna giving it a ten out of ten. We're still missing our guy Frank, mm. so I'm gonna give this one an eight point five out of ten.
1: I'm feeling all of those points, and that's why I'm also giving it an eight out of ten. It's not perfect because. We are still missing Frank, and maybe I shouldn't have given that 10 out of 10 for the characters, but fucking I'm standing strong <laughs> on that. Your <laughs> Hill. Uh, but I agree with your guys' points on the overall humor with this. I think the humor in this episode specifically is unlike any other episode we've seen in season one, where the humor at the very bare minimum, the entire episode, is at least subtle. Like when Dennis is playing with that potato, that kind of looks like a penis, but also kind of looks like a gun because he's trying to kind of be like, you know, in his mind, secret agent Dennis. Only at the end, only or at the cutback. When Ryan McPoyle walks into the room and he just starts polishing his wood, like <laughs> yeah. just kind of the euphemism polishing that comes with wood. polishing your wood. But the creepiness of it as well, it's just a multi-layered joke. Using a baby doll to represent a grown child at an intervention for molestation. That's a joke in itself. It's, there's so much to love here. And uh, last but not least, the opening scene is literally dark. Mm -hmm. Like the lights are off in the bar basically. So I thought that probably wasn't intentional, but the humor in this episode i love eight out of ten i'm still waiting on the the episode that's got me in stitches the whole time
0: yeah which they are coming for sure
1: all right now that we've gone through all our categories it's time to get wild with the wild God bitches okay
2: so d um got a three-quarter major in psychology And three quarters is a uh, three above a four. Uh So if you take those numbers, three and four, and then you add them up, Mm -hmm. it's uh, seven. So I'm giving it a seven. Turns out three quarters of a major, not so bad after
0: all. Illuminati confirmed. I wish you would have had a little bit more of a math creativity there because you could have just went with a seven and a half because that would have been three fourths. But I don't know how to do math. I know. We, we are, <laughs> we that's advanced. That
1: was the yeah. next class. He didn't attend <laughs> that one. He just attended the addition I
2: just class. got the Maybe. one where you take a fraction and you can use the two numbers for addition. What if oh, that's yeah. not a thing. That's, that's basic just, math. Yeah, that's it's addition. Yeah, what right. if we
3: give it to you in terms of tater tots?
2: I mean, you can go ahead and try.
3: <laughs> I, just, I don't know math either. I can't.
0: Anyways, I like the creativity. I gave this one a wild card. Eight classic priest molestations. <laughs> oh, sure. There's the classic root of priest molestation, but we thought we'd mix it up a bit. And I'm glad we didn't bring up that quote earlier because I got to save that joke for now, but uh, that was also one of my favorite quotes.
3: <laughs> uh, I think I'm giving this one for my wild card a 10 out of 10 um, for two reasons. One, for every person that showed up to the intervention at the end. For Charlie, there are 10 people in the room. Also, I think this might be one of their most felonious episodes. They've They've come close to committing... They've come close to committing or have committed several felonies throughout this season, and I think um, an attempted to conspire to conspire to, you know, blame someone else for molesting them, that's pretty felonious. So ten out of ten for this. I'm gonna go eight out of ten. Eight for every second
1: that Liam McPoyle, Ryan. sorry Ryan McPoyle, is inhaling the pledge. Uh, the <laughs> pledge. Eight seconds of just inhaling
3: polish it was probably longer but they hit. cut
1: the scene that's a solid hit <laughs>
3: you don't do aerosols What? I think weed, is legal. Is weed
1: is legal why would yeah we-
3: <laughs> that's the point i don't want the government telling me what i can and can't smoke we got to move on to the illegal
1: substances.
2: <laughs> i don't know if there's a difference in quality between like standard whippets like whipped cream and then pledge i don't know where along the well pledge is
3: the coke and pepsi of drinkable cleaning products
1: (laughs) we don't have any lysol do you take do you take whipped cream (laughs) yeah sure that'll work i'm gonna be passed down five minutes anyways (laughs) who cares (laughs) all right i'm gonna do some math and then we will get the score for this episode and compare it to the imdb score
0: Uh, my average is a 39 sir the most you can give is a 10 fuck (laughs) i don't know
1: (laughs) someday we'll teach him how to do math someday we'll teach the dish of the day how to do math and until then, I we're going <laughs> to we're gonna outsource our math to some dude on the internet. That's right. I'm paying someone $20 an hour to crunch these numbers.
2: If you'd like to.
1: And so if you'd like to support us, please, uh, please head to anchor.fm slash rumham.
3: If you were a mathematics uh, major and you dropped out of college, let us know. And
1: we can use you because you're still probably better at math than everyone here at this qualified. table. And we are qualified... To put this episode on the list of list, which is our ultimate ranking of its always sunning Philadelphia episodes. This is gonna be the seventh entry on it, the last one for season one. We're gonna go over all of season one and our season finale coming at you at the end of May. Guys, we gave this episode a 7.6, our highest rated yet. Yeah, I told you we liked this show. I told you guys we actually like this show. But of course, we didn't like it as much as IMDb, who gave this episode an 8.6, so hmm. we agree with IMDb for once, but of course, not going to give it as high of a rating as the internet folk.
2: Zero out of ten, not Call of Duty.
1: <laughs> zero out of ten, no Frank. Mm. I'm proud of There's anything we learned this season. Zero out of ten, zero no Frank. Zero out of ten, no Frank. That's uh, yeah, that a good tattoo. way to summarize that first season, I guess. I'm
0: very proud of us. Good I'm job, guys. I love way. you all. <laughs> I love you too, man.
2: Don't touch me. <laughs> nah. show, us yeah. show us on the baby <laughs> doll Adam touched.
1: well guys if uh this uh, is your first time listening to the show i hope you guys enjoyed this end. this episode thanks for joining us at the end here we got six other great episode reviews for you and coming up we got a jabroni talk where we're going to be responding to some listeners that have given us their feedback some fellow sunny fans going to be talking about It's Always Sunny in a bit more casual sense than, uh, than this. Yeah, I'm super excited for that one. So uh, stay tuned. Head on over to anchor.fm slash rumham where you can find all the platforms that we're on. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can find all our social media links at Always Sunny Pod. Head on over to our subreddit, r Always Sunny Pod, where you can... Uh, participate in discussion posts, let us know what you think, all that good stuff. Guys, great job this season. Thank you for doing this with me. I I truly, truly appreciate you. Thanks for... uh, Likewise. Thanks for doing this with me. um, If you're
2: feeling groovy, you can check out my space.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And thank you to our listeners. Thank you to the Wildcard crew. When we started doing this, I was hoping we'd get like one or two listeners. So the fact we got a couple dozen people listening to us already feels pretty good i'm excited for season two we're gonna talk more about season two uh, on our season finale here coming at you in a few weeks so next time we sit together guys we're gonna be in a whole new studio it's a whole
0: new bye
1: and hopefully donnie won't be singing (laughs) yeah hopefully not uh that was a one-time thing good night guys
0: deuces
3: Rumham and Wildcards is produced and edited by Braden Plug Cool. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Plug Cool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothport, and The Dish of the Day.